Well, it's certainly been a great day. Had a great uh, meal at lunch. Really enjoyed the fellowship. I always look forward to those times, being able to spend more time with the brethren, to be able to talk, and, and to be able to come again tonight and to worship God, to be able to open His, His Word. I believe this is a privilege, and we should never forget that. The privilege, the privilege of being able to worship God, to be able to sing these songs, to be able to approach Him in prayer, to be able to open His Word and allow His Word to strengthen us and, and to build us up. As New Testament Christians, we should have a, a true craving for the Word of God. As newborn babes, Peter says, we should desire the sincere milk of God's Word. As we think about our lesson tonight, I want to begin with the Great Commission. The Great Commission, I know, is familiar to everybody, but I want to begin with what Jesus said in Matthew 28, beginning at verse number 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even at the end of the world. Amen. You know, as we think about the Great Commission, I've always presented it along this fashion. The Great Commission is twofold. We are to go and we are to teach. We are to evangelize. We are to share the gospel plan of salvation with a lost and dying world. There will be those who reject the gospel. There will be those who receive the gospel. Those who receive the gospel will be baptized into Jesus Christ. As you continue to look at the Great Commission, though, you'll see that the Great Commission is twofold. Not, on, not only are we to teach people... Uh, and show them what they need to do to be saved. But after a person obeys the gospel, after a, a person is saved, we need to continue to teach so that that person will grow and develop. As I think about what Jesus is saying in the Great Commission, I could also conclude that Jesus Christ is concerned about our spiritual growth our spiritual development as God's children. Turn over, if you would, to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. As we go through the New Testament, there are so many different contexts that deal with spiritual growth. Jesus is concerned about our spiritual growth. He wants those who obey the gospel to continue to grow, and that's why we continue to teach. By the way, hopefully you made that connection in order for a, a person to continue to develop and grow spiritually speaking. Uh, they need to be taught. There needs to be teaching. That is so imperative. A person is not going to grow. A person is not going to develop if they're not taught. A lot of times we have these different programs on evangelism and I like those programs. They really encourage the congregation to be more active in evangelism. We all need to be more active in evangelism. But sometimes we, we emphasize uh, these programs. Uh, we teach people, they're baptized, but then we stop. 
And people who are baptized need further teaching in order to grow and develop spiritually speaking. And so, as God's children, we should never forget the importance of spiritual growth. And I believe we see that even within the Great Commission. Now, as we turn our attention to 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul was writing to a a young man by the name of Timothy. Timothy was uh, an evangelist. Uh, one who would preach and one who would teach the Word of God. Uh, Timothy was working with the congregation at Ephesus, uh, helping this congregation, spiritually speaking, strengthening them. And, and it appears that Timothy worked with these brethren for some time. Well, Timothy, as you know, was a young man. And Timothy, like all of us, needed encouragement from the Scriptures. And the Apostle Paul was encouraging Timothy in this context. And, And this is a familiar context. I'll begin at verse number 12. Timothy, let no man despise your youth. Timothy, don't let people look down on you just because you're a young person. Remember, Timothy would would stand before older men, uh, older women, younger, older. He would stand before the congregation at Ephesus. And he would exhort them, he would encourage them by teaching them. It appears that perhaps Timothy was a little intimidated by that. And so Paul encourages him, listen, don't be intimidated by that. You be in an example. And then Paul's going to list out some, some areas in which Timothy would, would need to, uh, that, some areas where Timothy uh, would need to be an example in, in word, in conversation, in love, in spirit, uh, in faith, uh, in, in love. Uh, he says in verse 13, till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Perhaps Timothy had some spiritual gift. And Paul's encouraging Timothy to, to use that gift uh, in, in helping the brethren develop and grow individually, collectively, uh, as a congregation. Timothy had a big part in their spiritual development. As I said, Paul is encouraging Timothy in this context to grow. And you're going to see that in verse number 15. Listen to what Paul tells Timothy. Timothy, meditate upon these things. And that takes us really all the way back through uh, chapter 4. Meditate upon these things. Timothy, give yourself wholly or, or completely to them. Now listen to what he says. That thy profiting may appear to all. Now, as you know, I'm reading out of the, the King James, but let me just mention some, some, uh, another translation. That your spiritual, and I like this, that your spiritual progress may appear to all. What is Paul talking about? Timothy, that your profiting, that your spiritual progress may appear to all, Paul is talking about Timothy's spiritual growth. Now, it should be our desire to grow, not to put on a show to everybody, but you know, if we're growing spiritually speaking, it's going to be obvious. 
It's going to be clearly seen in how we we live our lives. Now, I've had the privilege of preaching for for several years, and and I've seen this 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 progress in people's lives, this spiritual progress that 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 Paul is talking about. And let me tell you, it is a wonderful thing to see. To see people who are in love for the Lord. To see people who love God's Word. They spend all of their extra time every day studying, feasting upon the Word of God. When something is going on uh, in the congregation, they're right there. They're ready to help. They're signed up for everything. It is a wonderful thing to see somebody develop spiritually speaking. I've had that that privilege to to see that. Uh, And and that's really encouraging. Think about what the Apostle John said in 3 John verse number 4. John says, I have no greater joy than to see my children walking, listen to it, in truth. What is John talking about? Walking in truth. He's talking about people's spiritual progress. Their spiritual development. As I said, God wants all of us to grow. Paul wanted Timothy to grow, to develop. God wants us to develop. He wants us to grow spiritually speaking. Now we mentioned something from what Jesus taught in the Great Commission. We've mentioned spiritual growth from something Paul taught Timothy in the book of 1 Timothy. And we can turn to to so many different uh, epistles and and we're going to see this idea of spiritual growth. Paul exhorting brethren to grow. Uh, Another cross-reference that you may want to jot down is Galatians 4, verse number 19. Paul was was experiencing spiritual birth pains on the behalf of the brethren at Galatia until Christ be formed in you. Think about that. Until Christ be formed in you. That has to do with spiritual progress. That has to do with spiritual growth. Let's turn over to the book of of 2 Peter. 2 Peter. Uh, Peter has a lot to to say uh, about spiritual growth. And we're going somewhere with this. We're actually working our way to 1 Peter chapter 1. But we're starting with 2 Peter. Peter has a lot to say about spiritual growth in 1 and 2 Peter. And I believe... Peter continues to build upon this idea of spiritual growth. And all of chapter 2 has to do with spiritual growth. In fact, as you look at chapter 1, you have spiritual growth outlined. Besides this, giving all diligence, Peter says, add to your faith virtue, and the virtue knowledge, and the knowledge temperance, and the temperance patience, and the patience godliness, and the godliness brotherly kindness. And the brotherly kindness love. Peter goes on to say, If these things be in you, you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He goes on to say uh, around verse uh, number 10 and 11 that we can make our calling and election sure if these things be found in us. What are these things that Peter is talking about? Virtue, knowledge, temperance, These are things that will help you develop. These are things that will help you grow spiritually speaking. And again, if you're going to grow spiritually speaking, you need to grow in these areas. Virtue, knowledge, temperance, 
spiritual growth outlined. Chapter 2, the challenge to spiritual growth. Peter says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. Our brethren in the first century were challenged with false teaching. And you know what? Nothing has changed. The Apostle John says in 1 John 4 verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they be of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. As we mentioned this morning in our context of Matthew 7, 13 and 14, talking about that that narrow gate and that broad gate, concerning that broad gate, many there be which go in thereat, Verse 15, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. We see why so many are on that broad path. Because so many are, are deceived. So many are taught error which causes people not to be saved, but it causes people to be lost. Our world is saturate, saturated with false teaching. And we have to be aware of that. That can hinder our spiritual growth. When you study the book of First, Second, Third John, there was a doctrine known as Gnosticism that is seen in those books. This was developing in, in the 60s, but, but by the time uh, the Apostle John wrote, uh, Gnosticism became a major, major problem in the Lord's church. This idea of, of having a greater knowledge than the Apostles. And you can see how that would hinder their spiritual growth. Peter is reminding these Christians about false teaching, false doctrine. You know, as I've studied the New Testament, I keep this in the back of my mind, but in every book that I study, and that you study, the Bible has something to say, and you think about this, about false teaching. You pick any book of the New Testament... And there's going to be something in that particular book about false teaching. Maybe you just pick the book of Philippians. I don't think there will be anything in the book of Philippians because that book encourages us about uh, to be positive. Beware of dogs. Philippians 3 verse 1. Who is Paul talking about? Beware of dogs. He's talking about Judaizing teachers. And when you read the book of Galatians, you read the book of Hebrews, you had Judaizing teachers that were discouraging Christians and causing Christians to to want to go back to the old law. It doesn't matter where you look. You're going to find that challenge. And so I believe that the majority of the New Testament was really written uh, to offset the false doctrine that was being taught. Read through the Sermon on the Mount. What is the core of that sermon? What is the heart of that sermon? Read Matthew 5, verse 20. Except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of ah, the Pharisees and the scribes. Jesus said you cannot be a part of my kingdom. What is Jesus talking about in that sermon, he's showing a major contrast between his religion and the religion of the Pharisees. And Jesus is saying, you cannot be like them if you're going to follow me. Challenges that we face towards spiritual growth. And then as you look at chapter 3, you have incentives for spiritual growth. We learn in Second Peter chapter 3 that the Lord is going to come again. And therefore, we need 
to be ready. We need to be ready for that day. All of chapter 2 has to do with spiritual growth. God is concerned about our spiritual growth. Now, as we go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter's first epistle, and really we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2. We'll mention some things from chapter 1 in just a few minutes. This is the main text that I want us to look at. But before we look at 1 Peter chapter 2, I want you to think about your spiritual growth. And I'm asking, and I'm thinking about my spiritual growth as I'm going through this this material. This is something that all of us should consider. Are we developing? Are we growing like we should? If not, we need to make that determination tonight that we're going to grow, that we're going to develop. This is something that that we have to challenge our, our ourselves in doing, and I believe that's why. Sometimes Scripture refers to the Christian life like a race. Not a jog, but a race. A, a, a marathon. Not a sprint, but a marathon. And you stop and think about that, that analogy. Somebody running a race. Somebody running around the track. I remember when I was in high school, our, our coach would, would always uh, get after us during practice because uh, we would start off strong, but you know after a lap we would cut it back a notch and put it on cruise and, and just be jogging. And I know why he was getting after us. He was preparing us uh, for the track meet and he was trying to, to build up our, our, our stamina because during the track meet you wouldn't be jogging, uh, you would be running. You would be uh, giving it all that you can. And spiritually speaking, that's how God wants us to live our lives. And that comes through spiritual growth. And so again, think about your, your spiritual growth. Is, is, is this something that, that you're struggling with? Uh, have you seen times where you were developing more than, than you were? Perhaps that describes us. And again, we go through those cycles at, time, at times because we're, we're human and we uh, get discouraged. We get distracted. Sometimes we stop growing because we get distracted uh, and seduced by the secondary That's why we're encouraged in Matthew 6, verse number 33, to seek the kingdom first. I promise you this, if we're putting the kingdom first in our lives, we're going to be growing spiritually speaking. Read this context with me. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse number 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, Desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Notice again the exhortation in verse number 2. That you grow thereby. As I said, God wants us to grow. God wants us to develop. And you can see how what Peter was talking about fits into what Jesus taught in the Great Commission. We're to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them. Why? So that they will grow. But if we're going to grow, 
we're going to have to have a spiritual craving for the Word of God. We can't grow if we don't have a sincere craving for the Word of God. As newborn babes, just like that young infant craves the mother's milk, we are to crave the Word of God. A spiritual craving for the Word of God that will help us grow, that will help us develop as the children of God. Now Peter is going to mention some things in this context that will help us grow. And really the things that we are going to mention are things that we need to remember if we're going to grow. All of this centers around the Word of God and what the Word of God teaches. If we're going to grow like Peter wants us to grow here, like God wants us to grow, we're going to have to remember the power of God's Word. That's the first thing that I see here. We're going to have to remember the power of God's Word if we're going to grow. Well, Clay, where do you see that? I see that in the word wherefore in chapter 2, verse number 1. Anytime you see the, the word wherefore, it really points you back to the previous context. And so that is a, a, a key thought, a key word when you're studying God's Word. When you see the word wherefore, look back to the previous context and it really gives you insight into what Peter is saying. Now, what does Peter talk about in the previous context? Go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 22. Peter says, You have purified your souls in obeying the truth. You've already experienced the power of God's Word in your conversion. When you obeyed the truth of God's Word, it purified your souls. And so if we're going to grow, if we're going to develop, we need to remember the transforming power of God's Word. And you already experienced that transforming power in conversion, and you'll continue to experience the transforming power of God's Word through spiritual Growth. Let me give you a context. You would hold your spot there. Turn back to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. If you're taking notes, you can write down uh, Philippians 1 verse 9 and Colossians 1 verse number 9. You're going to see that this is a very similar context in both epistles. Essentially, Paul is encouraging the same thing. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 1 verse Number 9. This is Paul's prayer for the brethren at Philippi. As I said, you have Paul's prayer for the brethren at Colossae. Colossians 1, verse 9. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve the things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. The only thing that we're go- only the only way that we're going to be able to approve those things that are excellent is through a knowledge through an understanding of God's Word. That's why Paul prays that these brethren would grow in their knowledge. 
We were just in the book of 2 Peter. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 18, that's how Peter ends that epistle. Grow in grace and in knowledge. Paul, Peter, are talking about an intellectual knowledge of the Scriptures if applied, that will turn into an intimate knowledge of knowing God. That is really the goal of spiritual growth. It has to do with having a relationship, an intimate relationship of knowing God, being a friend to God, being close to God. That's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen through some feeling. It comes through a knowledge of the Scriptures, if we're going to grow, if we're going to have an intimate relationship with God, it begins by knowing the Scriptures, studying the Scriptures, growing in an understanding of the Scriptures. And it takes a lot of work to grow in the Scriptures, to really know the Scriptures, to really rightly divide the Word of Truth. It takes years to really know the Scriptures. That's why God wants us to have a spiritual appetite. And by the way, this never stops. The transforming power of God's Word, it never stops. As we study and as we learn, we continue to grow and it continues to bring us closer and closer to God. You can never get too close to God. That's why we should keep studying our Bibles. That's why we should continue to grow spiritually speaking as we grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. If we're going to grow, we need to remember the transforming power of God's Word that continually works in our lives. Number two, if we're going to grow, look at verse number one. Wherefore, laying aside... You see, if we're going to to grow, we're going to have to to eliminate sin from our lives. Now, without question, before we obey the transforming power of God's Word, before we experience the power of God's Word, before we were converted, we lived a life of sin. We walked according to the course of this world, Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Sin is something that we all struggled with. Sin was something that that we all committed. Remember, sin is a, a transgression of God's law. And we've all transgressed God's law before we obeyed the gospel. But notice the change that has taken place. Now that we're a New Testament Christian, now that we have purified our souls in obeying the truth, we are to lay aside some things. I believe Peter is talking about a lifestyle of sin. Why would I say that? Because of what the Apostle John would also say about sin. You see, as Christians, sin will be something that we will always struggle with. But there is a difference between walking in darkness and walking in the light. Before we became a Christian, we were habitually walking in darkness. But now we're now that we're the children of God, now we are striving to grow, we're striving to eliminate sin, and we do that 
by walking in the light. But the Apostle John reminds me that as I walk in the light as He is in the light, I continue to have fellowship with God and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, John says we have deceived ourselves. What is he saying? If you're a Christian and if you don't think you struggle with sin, God is saying you have deceived yourself. Sin is something that we will struggle with. But there is a difference between walking in darkness and walking in the light. As children of God, as children that that are striving to grow spiritually speaking, as we walk in the light, we confess our sins. And so Peter says this, you need to lay aside this lifestyle. Lay aside, he says, first of all, all malice, evil wickedness. Evil wickedness shouldn't describe us as God's children. He says, lay aside, number two, all guile. This would have to do with deceit and falsehood. That shouldn't describe us as God's children. Number three, lay aside all hypocrisies. Don't be actors. Don't put on a show for others. Be real. Be sincere. And then he says, put off, number four, uh, all envies, jealousy. This doesn't describe us. Solomon says being jealous will destroy you. It will cause you to deteriorate. It will cause you to rot, spiritually speaking. And then Peter says, finally, lay aside all evil speakings. Ephesians 4 verse number 32 reminds us that we're to be kind and gentle with our words. And God's Word teaches us how to act in that fashion. And again, that comes through spiritual growth. And so if we're going to grow, spiritually speaking, if we're going to grow in our relationship with God... Remember the transforming power of God's Word. You purified your souls when you obeyed the truth. And you continue to be transformed through spiritual growth as you grow in grace and in knowledge. Number two, Peter says you have to eliminate sin from your life if you're going to grow in a relationship with God. Don't hide your sins. Don't confess your sin eliminate sin from your life. And I'm convinced that the more we grow in an understanding of God's Word and the closer we grow to God, the less of a taste, if you please, we will have for sin. In fact, we'll develop a hatred toward sin through spiritual growth. Jesus loved righteousness according to Hebrews 1 verse number 9 and He hated iniquity. If we're growing spiritually speaking, as we learn God's Word, we'll hate what God hates. And we'll eliminate sin from our lives. The struggle will be there, but we're going to do our very best. It's really an attitude toward sin. Like Joseph, how can I sin against my God? Notice this next point as we look at this context. If we're going to grow spiritually speaking... We're going to have to recognize our need for God's Word. 
Again, we're going to have to recognize our need for God's Word. That's verse number 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of God's Word. As I stop and again think about God's Word, God's Word encourages me. God's Word strengthens me. God's Word guides me. When you go back to chapter 1, Peter talks about the trials, the suffering of this life. And he helps us understand the purpose of those trials. The the trials that we face in this life, they really help us grow. You might think of the, the trials as a refining process for our faith. You realize I wouldn't know that if it wasn't for the Word of God. This is why the Word of God is so important and this is why I need to crave the Word of God. And this is why I need to admit my need for the Word of God. If it wasn't for the Word of God, I wouldn't have that spiritual direction that I need as I go through this life. I understand the purpose of trials. And if I understand the purpose of trials, and if I understand how the devil tempts me, by the way, the Word of God educates us in all of those areas. You read the book of 1 Peter. You read the book of James. James talks about trials. James talks about temptation. And we learn all of that through God's Word. We know how the devil tempts because of God's Word. We know the purpose of trials. We know that the Word of God comforts us. The Word of God renews us. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 16, we learn that the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day. How is the inward man renewed and encouraged, spiritually speaking, day by day? How do I receive that renewal that strengthens me in the midst of trials, that encourages me, that gives me hope? It comes through knowledge. In Colossians 3, verse number 10, just connect the words. We're renewed. Same word that you see in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. We are renewed through knowledge. But if we're going to be renewed through knowledge, we're going to have to admit our need for the Word of God. And if we admit admit our need for the Word of God, we're going to study God's Word. And it's going to bring about transformation. And as we study God's Word, it's going to eliminate sin. And as we study God's Word, it's going to strengthen us. It's going to encourage us. It's going to renew us. If you're looking for that spiritual encouragement, if you're looking for that spiritual renewal, feast upon the Word of God. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of God's Word, and you'll see the change that it will bring to your lives. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. You know, if you understand something about the grace of God that brings salvation, Titus 2, verse number 11, you'll want to grow and you'll want to develop as the children of God. God is concerned about your spiritual growth. He's concerned about my spiritual growth. Again, the question is, are we growing as God wants us to grow? Peter mentioned some things that we can do 
that will help us grow. May God help us to grow. May God help us to develop, spiritually speaking, where we will receive the benefits of spiritual growth. That's a point that you could go home and think about. The benefits of spiritual growth. We've mentioned some already. Renewal, strength, encouragement, happiness, contentment. All of those things are benefits that we receive through spiritual growth. Are you growing? I hope that you're growing. I hope that we continue to grow as we study the Scriptures. If you are struggling in this, we want you to know that we're here to encourage you. We're here to study with you, to help you, so that you will have a better understanding of the Word of God. Allow the Word of God to help you. It will help you as you go through this life. It will encourage you in so many ways. I hope that you will study God's Word more and more. The lesson is yours tonight. If we can help you in any way, won't you please come right